Hey, hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Corporate Conscious Black Girl Podcast. This is the podcast for Black women who are trying to navigate the tricky corporate world and those who are trying to build entrepreneurial empires and make a positive impact. This is a safe space for us to discuss the obstacles and challenges that women of color face when trying to create a successful personal and professional life. In today's episode, we're going to discuss something that is so very relevant to current events, and that is the issue of double standards of professionalism for Black women in the workplace. This topic came up previously, but it really became so important to talk about after watching the LSU versus Iowa NCAA Women's Championship game. And the way that the young Black girls on the LSU team were depicted versus the young white girls on the Iowa team was such a stark difference. And even though it is not the corporate world, it is still a great example of how black women and young girls are treated based on society standards of what is considered professional. Black women face a unique set of challenges when it comes to professionalism, and these challenges can impact their careers and overall workplace experiences. Today, we will explore some of the most common double standards that black women face, and we'll discuss some strategies for navigating these challenges. This topic brings me back to the presidency of Barack Obama and how former First Lady Michelle Obama was treated when she was in the White House. I can just remember hearing some of the most negative and nasty comments about her appearance, the way that she talked, the way that she walked, how she dressed when she was just out minding her business and being a normal person. And it was a stark difference to how all the other former first ladies had been treated when they were in the White House. Keep in mind, Michelle Obama was the most educated first lady to ever live in the White House. She was a lawyer in her own right. She was one of the greatest lawyers. She was the head of, of a national teaching hospital. She was just extraordinary on so many levels, and yet she was still not qualified enough for the white gaze to be what they consider, quote unquote, a first lady. And it was right then that I knew that no matter how perfect and qualified and educated and put together that we would be, it would still not be enough for some people. And so I want to talk about a few double standards that we can acknowledge that exist and how to overcome them. Double standard number one, emotional expression. I cannot tell you how many times I have been told that I am too loud or that I'm being very passionate about a subject or overly passionate about a subject. And I know that is just code word 
in the corporate world for your being too Black. Black women are often viewed as angry or aggressive when expressing emotions such as frustration and disappointment, even when those emotions are justified. In the case of the Women's Championship basketball game, you had one player who was white, was taunting and using hand gestures to, you know, get under the skin of the other players. And she was described as being fierce and dominating and passionate. Whereas when Miss Angel Reese from LSU did the very same hand gesture to her after winning the championship, she was considered classless and other very nasty words, you know, whatever you can name it, they were just throwing these words out. And it was like, but she was expressing her emotions the same way that the other young lady was. And I just thought, hmm, there is definitely a difference here. See, the double standards can really make it challenging for Black women to express themselves fully in the workplace without facing negative consequences. White women are viewed as assertive and being a great leader when they use strong emotions and, you know, words to motivate, whereas Black women are seen as those aggressive or angry Black women or negative. Black women really have to, or, or they're forced to, find this balance of expressing emotion and maintaining a professional demeanor. It is so important to speak up and address these issues when you see them. And it's also crucial to do so in a respectful and professional way. I think the episode of Insecure where Molly had the issue with, I believe she was still at the the law firm that was owned by the white partners and she was the only Black woman at the table, and they would say things and just make her feel like she was not as qualified or poised because of the way that she talked. And she did eventually speak up, and which ultimately led her to leaving that firm and going to a Black firm. But I just think that we have to feel empowered to acknowledge these things when they come up. Because honestly, we have to force these corporations to change. We have to be allowed to be our authentic selves or we are not going to be able to be true leaders and true change makers within our industry. We are being judged by our emotions and our responses rather than judged by the triggers or the things that cause these responses. Number two, which is communication styles. So Black women are really expected to conform to a specific communication style in the workplace. We are supposed to be polite and we have to be differential and really not allowed to have emotions one way or another. And this can be an expectation that is really challenging for us to communicate assertively and confidently. And so when it comes time for reviews and promotions, it is really a double standard that shows its face because now we are being told that we're not 
leaders and we're not uh, pushing an initiative and we're not confident in our roles when it's we really are, but we have to dim our light in order to conform to what is considered professional. Netflix chief marketing officer Bonzoma St. John have written one time about how hard it was for her to navigate this newfound success within the workplace because she has spent so many years trying to shapeshift and code switch and find a way to make others feel comfortable with her ideas when she was simply just trying to express herself. And she said it was just so hard for her to acknowledge all the hard work that it took to get there. And she felt a sense of misunderstanding because she knew that if she expressed a lot of the things that she saw in the corporate space at that high of a level that she would be labeled as being the angry Black woman. There's this really weird obsession with humbling successful Black women. I will never understand it. I will never subscribe to it. But there's just something about a confident Black woman that really says to me, like, I don't care about what other people think about me as long as I am doing my job correctly. And as long as I'm not disrespecting anyone, I am allowed to talk my trash. I'm allowed to be cocky. This is something that shows up as a detriment to us because we're really not allowed to communicate authentically and use the passionate words and and really assert ourselves within the workplace because of these standards. Double standard number three. This one irks me. It's dress and appearance. I have so many stories and so many examples of how my clothing and my body style and my appearance has been commented on in ways that affects how I show up within the workplace. Black women face this additional scrutiny that comes with the expectations around their dress and appearance in the workplace. They are viewed as less professional if they wear certain hairstyles or their clothing can be seen as ethnic or unconventional. This double standard can make it challenging for Black women to express their cultural identity in a workplace while conforming to workplace norms. So... I am fortunate enough to be in a work environment now where individuality and culture is encouraged. And I am allowed to express myself through the clothes that I wear. We do not have a specific dress code. Our students don't have a specific dress code as long as it's within what they what what we call respectability. But there's really no standards on I can wear my hair in braids if I want to. I can change my hair three times a week and nobody's going to comment on it. There's just so much freedom that comes with being in that type of environment. But it hasn't always been that way for me. I have been in work environments where 
I am not allowed to even have a toe out of line without it being commented on. And it's usually not directly, but it's like in a shady way. So I'll give you an example. When I first started teaching, I was going through this phase where I was really trying to find my teacher style and my clothing and just find things that fit appropriately and that were appropriate for the classroom. Now, mind you, I have a body style that is very curvy. I'm just, I'm shaped like a black woman. And it's very hard for me to find professional clothing that fits in a certain way. And I remember going, I believe it was like the first couple of months in my new school, my second year teaching. And I got this really cute dress from H&M and I showed up to work and one of the other teachers who just so happens to be white had the very same dress. Now it fit a little differently on me than it did on her, but it was the very, it was the exact same dress. And I remember somebody pointing out, oh, you guys are twinsies. And we laughed about it. And then another person later came up to me and was like, you know, your dress is like, it fits really tight. And I was like, I don't think it's tight. I, you know, it's actually kind of loose. And I was like pulling at it and I was like, see, you know, and it comes past my knee. So it was really no problem with the dress, but it was just the way that I fit in the dress. And I'm sitting here thinking, but this other teacher has the very same dress and no one's made that comment or no one has said, you know, it was inappropriate. And I was like, okay, it kind of made me feel self-conscious, especially like being a new teacher in that new school, which was predominantly white. And so I I became so self-conscious that I started rethinking all of my clothing choices. I would only wear black. I would keep a sweater in my classroom that I could either tie around my waist or wear. And it was really long and it covered up my entire figure. And I just thought I'm never going to be able to dress the way that other teachers dress or wear the really cute clothes that I had went out and bought because they weren't appropriate. And I was then realizing that it was not the clothing that I was wearing, it was the perception of how I fit in that clothing. There was also a time where I wore braids to school and they were really cute braids. They weren't anything like too loud or they didn't stand out too much. But of course, I was one of five Black teachers at a school of almost 100 staff. And I just remember one of the teachers saying, oh, well, you know, how can you wear your braids that long? You know, they're basically touching your butt. Like, don't they get in the way? And just making little shady comments. And I, again, was self-conscious about my hair. And it just just goes to show that, like, we can never fit into this box of what they want us to look like because we are not them. We are not the same. And what I've learned is to now be confident in who I am. And as long as I'm following the rules, the professional conduct and the dress code, there's really nothing that anyone can say about me. Because now I have 
gotten to the point now where if someone makes a comment about how I'm dressed or my hair, I'm going to HR. I don't care whose feathers I ruffle. You're not going to scare me out of being my authentic self. So a way that we can overcome this is to always be aware of our workplace policies around dress and appearance. The Crown Act right now is going up through Congress, and I'm, I'm hoping that it can get passed and that will make it illegal for companies to discriminate against certain hairstyles and dress. I know since I have separated from the military, there have been significant strides to being inclusive. I remember when everybody had to wear their hair short, like in boot camp, we went to boot camp and they cut our hair to collar length. Now there's girls in uniform who can wear locks, who can wear braids, makeup, lashes. I'm like, where was this at when I was out here looking like G.I. Jane? Like, it, it's, it makes me upset. Like, I'm a little jealous, but also, like, I'm so happy for my sisters now in uniform because they can wear these things that I only wished of wearing and being able to express my identity and still be within regulations for my uniform. I would also say find subtle ways to incorporate your identity I'm in a very inclusive work environment. And so we celebrate those things. But if your job or workplace does not celebrate those things, I would always explore those policies and see if there's ways that I can still have my individualism without having to be cookie cutter in the workplace. Our final double standard is going to be workload. Now, this goes back to the issue of Black women having to work twice as hard to just break even with our male and white counterparts. Black women are expected to take on additional work or responsibilities without receiving appropriate recognition or compensation. How many times have we heard stories about Black women who make changes or Black women who invent things or create policies and products and they never receive the recognition for it. It happens so often that, I mean, if if we did a whole episode just on like Black women getting credit in the workplace, we, we could be here for hours. There, the unfair workload on Black women is it's just, it's insane. And we're not, we don't usually speak up about these things for fear of retaliation or losing our jobs. And we're not supposed to complain. And this double standard can make it challenging for Black women to advance in their careers and achieve their, the success that they're supposed to have. See, white women, on the other hand, are viewed as taking on leadership roles for doing the very same thing. When Black women, it's considered, oh, that's just your job, or thank you for taking the initiative, but we're never credited for those things. So to, to navigate this double standard, I, I think it's very intentional for Black women to set boundaries around their work. Seek out opportunities that showcase your skills and accomplishments 
but also make sure that you are negotiating for that fair compensation and recognition. Like just today, I actually had to say no to a project to my boss because I just didn't have the capacity for it. And I'm always seen as the go-getter and the one to take initiative. And I never back down from a challenge. But honestly, my workload right now is insane. And I had to say no. I just don't have the capacity for something else. My younger self would not have done that. My younger self would have taken on that responsibility with hopes of being noticed or being promoted, but without having it in writing. Always have it in writing. Always negotiate your compensation. And if your boss asks you to do something outside of your responsibilities, respectfully say no. Now that I've ranted and vented about some of the double standards that we face in the corporate workplace, I think it's really important to give you guys strategies on how to deal with these things. See, the first thing that you can do is just learn how to have confidence in your abilities. I have an affirmation that I use where I say, I trust myself, my abilities, and my decision makings. And I often say that to myself when I'm just having a really hard time accomplishing something. And it helps me kind of coach myself and pump myself up to complete the task. But it's also really important for us to have that confidence so that when someone asks us to do something or someone questions our presence or our seat at the table, we can stand up and be confident and say, I belong, I belong here. I deserve to be here. And there's nothing, there's no standard that you can place on me that's going to knock me off my square. Another way that we can combat these double standards is to find allies and support networks. I think it's so important to find a good work environment that supports your growth and allows you to be authentic. I have this thing now where if I am in a job or position, if at any time I start to feel like I am being pressured to be someone who I am not or that I am being questioned about my abilities for a reason that is really unfair, I prepare to leave. And I'm not saying quit your job, but I'm saying that you have got to nurture your support systems and your environment and never place yourself anywhere that's going to make you question your own abilities. Allyship can really look like having white female counterparts who actually understand your reasoning for why you do and say certain things and don't act from a place of entitlement and they also advocate for you. I know I had a mentor once who was a white guy and when I was younger and I was in the military and I was new to the leadership role 
he really advocated for me. And when the other sailors and Marines would talk over me or not listen to the things that I had to say, he was very clear. He's like, hey, she is your supervisor. You need to listen to her when she's giving you these facts. And he like sometimes he would even run down my accomplishments. And I was like, oh, okay. Like he gets it. That is what real allyship looks like. It looks like using their privilege to even the playing field and to allow you to be successful and support you in your growth. And one of the last ways you can combat double standards in the corporate workspace is by seeking out professional development. This means getting better at your job, making it so that you are the best in your industry and no one can question your abilities. You deserve your seat at the table and eventually you are at the head of that table because the more black women that we have in leadership spaces, the more we can change the narrative, the less we have to code switch and shape shift into these different personalities in order to fit into the narrative of this white centered corporate world. So that's all that I have for you guys today in this episode of the Corporate Conscious Black Girl Podcast. I hope that you all found this helpful and that you never doubt yourself and never let the standards of the white-centered corporate society make you into anyone that you are not. Show up as authentic as you can within these places and change the narrative and be the example for those who are coming up after us who we want to not have to deal with these issues join us next week for our first episode of a four-part series where we are focusing on mental health and how that affects black women in the workplace See you next time on the Corporate Conscious Black Girl Podcast.